0: Hi, welcome to Stephen McGrath's Basscraft. So uh, yeah, it's been fairly eventful two weeks here since I spoke to you last. I actually did a gig. Me and the lads from Crow Black Chicken, uh, Christy and Jev, we had a thing up in Port Leash. We did like a pre record video. So it was kind of like us being, we imagined there was an audience, but there was no audience. We just played like a 40 minute set. So yeah, I was a bit apprehensive about doing it because I haven't gigged in eight months and I'm um, the morning of the before we went up, I just I, I i got out the bass and got my pedals out, made sure everything was working, and just ran through the songs like. But I was still wasn't feeling too confident because I kind of obviously I remembered them, I've been playing them for ten years, but I was just feeling rusty and I just it just didn't feel right. And then we got to the gig and we were doing the sound check and usually during sound check, you know, we'd have a jam and I'd play some nice licks and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's it's feeling good. It wasn't feeling good. It, I just, there was nothing coming out. I was thinking, have I forgotten how to play the bass? But anyway, they kept, Jeff put in the count and we counted it in and, um, we just went for it, played straight through 40 minutes and it just felt the same as it ever felt. So yeah, that's great. You know, um, that was cool. So don't worry if you're having anxiety thinking you won't be able to play when the eggs come back because you're not picking up your base or working on your, your base craft it'll come back. Once you get on stage and you're with your usual musicians, it'll all come together. Right, so obviously you know today's episode is about Jerry McAvoy. And um, just so happens, I just finished this Rory-themed bass guitar. So the amazing artist Vincent Zara from Cork, graffiti artist, who did the art for the new Rory live album, Check Short Wizard, um, is a friend of mine. And we, we decided to do this project. So I stripped that, I put together a Franken-bass of parts and stripped off all the paint, sent it to him in Cork. Actually, I left it in Charlie's in a, in a, bla- in a black bag, and um, he collected it and did this cool, let's say Rory at the Isle of Wight singing, and on the back, he did this awesome print. So that that's a really cool project. If you're listening, obviously you can't see this, but um, check out my YouTube channel. I'm gonna do a video showing me putting this together. Right, so on to today's proceedings, we've got Jerry McAvoy on the show, a legendary Irish bass player, 20 years at Rory Gallagher, 20 years with Nine Below Zero, and 8 years with his own band, Band of Friends. Uh, I got his book, I'll end it off, my friend Ray Parle, thanks for coming through Ray, the book is out of print, but Jerry informs me there will be a new edition out soon. I read that in about 3 days, I absolutely love bass biographies, and if you listen all the way to the end of this interview, at the very end, there's an excerpt from the book with yours truly reading it i tried my best lads i know i don't have the most amazing voice for that kind of thing but i've actually it came out pretty cool so make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast so yeah me and jerry had a great chat we talked about a bunch of stuff from the book and just his bass journey in general so let's just jump right in with jerry mcavoy and to support what i'm doing don't forget to subscribe at Stephen McGrath Bass on instagram youtube facebook and on your podcast app fairly vibrant scene in belfast when you were kind of coming up learning maybe compared to the rest of ireland there was there was kind of more blues happening in belfast than down south like
1: uh, uh, yeah there was i mean uh, you know uh, for whatever reasons you know i mean uh, uh there's a, a, a great blues scene you know i mean in, in, in belfast uh there's a story that goes 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 back to the uh, the of the second world war a, a lot of the gis before uh for D-Day were stationed in Derry and Belfast and, um, the, the black GIs that is, uh, and, and they brought their, their, their records with them and and they sold them off in different places in Belfast and, and, and Derry. And, and there's a, there was an old, uh, market called Smithfield market in Belfast that had these uh, couple of record stores and you could find these amazing records these stores, and then the story goes that uh, the guys before they went off uh, to uh, to to war indeed D-Day, they sold all the records off, and that's why there's an amazing blues collection. That I mean, I, I think Van Ben Morrison's mother or father had an amazing blues connection because of the same reason. I mean, you could you could go to Smithfield on a Saturday morning and pick up, a, you know, a Johnny Hooker album or you know, earlier stuff than that. You know, obviously because it was you know it was in the '40s. You know, but. uh and 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 that that sort of um, that, that's dead with Belfast. That, that sort of blues thing, that that rhythm and blues thing, you know. And that's, that's uh, one of the reasons Rory uh, brought his band mm. Taste up to uh, up to Belfast. And they lived outside Belfast uh, because it, it was a vibrant blues scene, you know.
0: That's amazing. Like that, the, the people I suppose take it for granted today how easy it is to get access to music. But I think I was watching something about um, Cream or Eric Clapton when the blues explosion was starting in England. And fellas used to, like, get a taxi to another yeah. guy's house just to see, like, the John Lee Hooker album or something.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's right. Well, well John Mell had an amazing blues collection. Yeah. I know Eric, Eric learned a lot from uh, listening to John Mell's blues collection, you know, because I think Eric stayed with him a couple of nights or whatever, Yeah, you know, mm. the story goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I played with, yeah, um, indeed, yeah. you know, Barry Barnes, who's on the Rory tribute scene. Uh, uh, and he told oh, me that he Barry, actually yeah. has John Mell's T-Square. They went to the same school. And John Mayer left his really? T-Square in Tech Graph after he left. And he's like, geez, John Mayer, I'm having that <laughs> nice little uh, thing to have in your house. That's a
1: bit of a story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put, well, on on put a it. string
0: on it, make a diddly bow out of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But do you remember, uh, I, I, I was reading your book, which is great, by the way, Riding Shotgun. And um, you, you started yeah. on guitar, didn't you? When you were jamming with your first bands, you were playing guitar in the beginning, like
1: that's right yeah yeah i was playing that rhythm guitar i mean it was in the 60s sort of you know mid 60s 67 whatever and we were playing with sort of, top 40 stuff of the time you know um and i went to guitar lessons you know because my father said he'd, he'd get me a guitar as long as i was to take it seriously you know and, and go to guitar lessons and i had this fantastic guitar teacher called jack larry in belfast he, he taught me a lot but then as things go you know the bass player we had I mean, we were all like 16, you know, 15, 16, 17. Uh, he was a trainee butcher. Uh, what was his name? Don, Don I think his name was. And of course, he would turn up at rehearsals and the odd gig we had covered in blood, you know, every time we played. So so we couldn't do it anymore, so we had to give up. So there's one solution. And our our so called band leader, Jim Ferguson, who's still a friend, he uh he said, Okay, Michael Boy you because I was teaching down the bass anyway because I was you know got the guitar lessons and knew sort of the rudiments of it you know and he said okay Mike boy well, you, you better take over the bass then. <laughs> that was it that was the start <laughs> <That> was <it. laughs>
0: I think that's the start of a lot of bass players journey the they they need a bass player in the band and just take get the
1: yeah absolutely I, I think that's that's what and I know Noel Noel Redding was a mm. guitar player for him he was a bass player a lot of bass players were guitarists mm. which actually helps. In the long run, as well, you know, I always found it really helped, you know, because I mean, obviously you know with Rory, I mean if we had a rehearsal for for a, an album, or, you know you'd bring him some songs in, but he wouldn't sort of sit down and with a bit of paper and say this Rory would just start playing them, so you'd just follow, jump in, you know, so obviously i could I could follow yeah. because I, I knew the chords and you know, because playing guitar, so so that it's that, nice that to be really given the
0: freedom to just do what you want on the bass and not being stuck in a box like it is. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, and and Rory was very generous. Like you know, he'd give you your space, and you know, you could find your own way within the song. Well, and... You were
0: fairly wild yourself and the lads in the on the Belfast scene, but after a while, you kind of built it up. With that, was it Deep Joy? Was the band that kind of really worked for you? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the, the original band was called Pride, and then um, we changed the name because of us. You know, flower power was coming in. It was that was the, the fashion at the time, though the big hair actually... and the flares. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and we actually got the name from a, it's a small faces LP called Ogden's Not Gone Flake. That's I'm, I'm sure somebody out there would know that album. And uh, there, there's a uh, it's like a sort of a psychedelic album, and there's something about deep joy in there. And, and uh, we we got the name Deep Joy from that. And um, yeah, that that was that was probably the most successful. Of, of, of that situation, you know, coming from Belfast, that band because we, we actually moved to to London, and we did shows on the continent, and and uh, you know we did a lot of shows with Taste, actually supporting Taste.
0: So that, yeah, that was that was a,
1: a pretty good move for us to, to go to London, even though we starved for a year. <laughs>
0: Toast was it for a year?
1: didn't <laughs> <laughs> help. Yeah. yeah, living on spangles for a week.
0: Right, well, it's it's cool that you get, you did so well. Like a lot of people. That might be as far as their band goes and that'll be their story you know we got to go to london and rec- you did a bit of recording and everything like
1: yeah yeah we we, we did some recording over there yeah um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear it because we actually recorded in in, uh, in polydor studios um uh, we did three or four tracks but i don't know what whatever happened you know we also recorded in belfast which i still have a couple of tracks from deep joy you know it's it's, it's fairly uh there was some stuff, funny you know? stuff
0: in the book, though, about fellas starting to recite poems on the drum kit and getting very uh, prog. That was Wilger,
1: yeah, bless him. God bless him. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, look, had this thing about, uh, we, we wrote a song called Trees,
0: pretty
1: <laughs> ecological, in our youth. And, uh, and 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 Wilger just started to start reciting poetry. In fact, it was a gig in Belfast in, in, in the university we were supporting taste. So you can imagine what the audience was like, you know, they're yeah. there to see Rory with taste, you know, so they're all fairly rock and roll, you know. So we're playing trees. This is before we were the warm up band for taste. And then Wilger we'll, we'll starts for sight and poetry, which <laughs> I didn't know was going to happen. <laughs> so the audience went wild. You needed a get button off. for the
0: drummer just to turn him off. I don't know. get off, it tastes get him re- out of here yeah you know, rory? and Where's the energy this? rory would bring so i don't think the poetry is going to warm the crowd up very well
1: uh, not not at all not at all. i mean i remember that we told i mean obviously because wilger was the uh, first drummer with the rory Gallagher a band with me on bass and uh, i remember telling rory that story and he killed himself <laughs> laughing
0: he was a bit of I a prankster right there's some there's some good s- stories of pranks being pulled on people putting on masks and this kind of thing
1: yeah 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 you know that, that, that was another story yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was that was i wasn't that was in uh in cork we were doing a tour there and, and i think it was donald rory's brother and, uh, and a bunch of other guys from the the tour part from jim Aiken's organization donald had these masks and it was, it's when we were filming um Irish Tour 74 and uh, tony palmer and and the camera guys were all sort of we all went to bed it was a Metropole Met- hotel in cork and um i got a knock on the door about three o'clock in the morning, in the morning you know and i heard this action it was a belfast accent which worried me i said and, uh, and mr mark have I have got a telegram here you know uh, i said "Well, just put it under the, under the door he said no i can't we we'll have to see you and give it to you personally of course when i opened the door i just saw these three guys standing there with- <laughs> I thought
0: that was it you were done as
1: you can imagine. I, 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 I did take a swing I took a swing and luckily it was Mickey Mickey Connolly he was an ex-boxer he managed to jump out of the way quick and then Donald grabbed me he said "Jerry, Jerry, it's okay it's okay it's us it's us <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we were up to all, all sorts of <laughs> things uh,
0: I think Tastes were were a very big band weren't they like you were saying you were supporting them with deep joy like, they, they were, were they were probably as big as Cream when they were going like they,
1: they, they not just but they, they could if they had us stuck together, if the band had us stuck together, they, they would have made massive moves. They, they, they would have been really big. Because I mean I, I mean I was a fan. I mean I used to go and see test in Belfast in, in, in the Maritime or, or the Ulster Hall, whatever you know. And and to me, I mean because uh, it was during the blues boom and, and you had bands like Chicken with, with with Mac, who went on to do Flip Mac went on to do. Great things with Peter Green writing great music, but Rory was ahead, Rory was there as well. I mean, he was he was writing those songs, you know, for taste. I mean, which were way ahead of his time, you know. I mean, I mean, on the boards mm-hmm. album is absolutely fantastic, I think it's a fantastic album. And, and some of the songs on there yep. are like timeless, you know.
0: And and you were, um, yeah. did you ever get an invica- indication like when you supported taste that Rory liked your bass player? Or because uh, obviously, you eventually got the call for the Rory band, but. He must have been watching your playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean toward, towards the end of um of 1970, our our year in London with uh Deep Joy. We were still playing the clubs. And uh we used to play a club in, in uh, West Kensington, somewhere like that, called Blazers, which is quite a famous club. And uh Rory and, and his brother Donald came down a couple of times just just to chug at the band or just to see the band. I thought they were just coming down to to, to say to say hello, you know, because we got to know them, you know, support them in different gigs, you know. But I think eventually I realized that he was actually coming down just to check out mm. myself and Wilger, you know, as a possible rhythm section, you know. Cause I think he also knew, you know, through cause we were with the same organization, the Robert Stigwood organization, his taste. And I think Rory probably knew that um, we decided decided to go back to Belfast, you know, sort of December of, of 1970 and sort of give up the ghost, you know. So he, was probably he probably knew by for, how skinny you were. after you know, getting for from,
0: from not being able to afford any food in London. He was like, "These these guys are ready to go back. Absolutely, and, uh, I can poach them for my new band."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there was other people you know up for the job. I know uh, there a couple of guys from from uh, from Belfast, Jerry Michael Duff, and uh, uh, what's the bass player's name? His, his son was in that movie the uh the, and the, double commitments. the, the band what do you call it? commitments mm. rob strong rob strong and jerry mackalduff bass and drums i think they were up for the job and mitch mitchell and Get- Noel reddy i heard that they were getting a gig like that is all, yeah. like
0: for any bass player listen is more about like being the right fit for the band like being your style of bass playing and, and your personality like both together i think yeah. Well, it's like
1: joining any band you know i mean that's it, 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 it's very important personality is extremely important as well because i mean you, you, you're living with guys 24 24 mm. 7 you know i mean it's it's uh it's like a marriage yeah. you know It really is you know because i mean you, you know you're, you're living out of each other's pockets you know it's it's uh and it's very important to have uh, the right people around you so you yeah you... especially after what, what rory have gone through with taste you know, I think that all ended up a bit sour, you know, and, and it was all a bit bitter, you know. I know it was reconciled in later years, but I think Rory maybe, and maybe he didn't want to go down the path of getting somebody, you know, who who, who was too famous, you know, like uh, no, no Redding, not yeah. Jimmy Hendrix, you know. So I think there would have been a stigma there, you know, because they played with Hendrix, now they're playing with Rory, and I think, you know, there was, you know. So I think Rory probably thought, get a couple of unknowns. Yeah
0: bigger personality you know, you might be you know, a bit more work or a, or a bigger name like you know someone who's not as established would be yeah it, like. yeah yeah so
1: you yeah,
0: got totally. the call you were back in belfast and then that was it you just got the call jerry do you want to come play on the, the first album yeah
1: i got the phone call it must have been around february or something because we we sort of split up we split up in the first of january actually no new year's eve we split up in belfast the band did so I was hanging about, you know, in Belfast and we got a call and I thought it was Wilger because Wilger, the drummer from Deep Joy, had stayed in London. And then I realised it was Rory. He so said, oh, Jerry, it's Rory here. Do you fancy going over to London for a blow? That was it. A blow. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. And had so you had any of thoughts jam, of you know? giving up the music at yeah, that love.
0: before the call? Like obviously you were in between bands and was there thoughts of I'll get the real yeah, job I mean, kind of thing or? Yeah. Get <laughs> As you get, we've all yeah. be told that at one stage. <laughs> you know, that's what you guys say,
1: and no, because I, we were sort of doing something. I, I was getting getting the guys to get Brendan O'Neill, who's the drummer from Deep Joy the, the original Deep Joy, and getting a couple of guys together and doing some bits and pieces. Nothing serious, you know. Because I mean that, that year in London was a bit of a oh, it was a hard slog. So, I mean, I didn't actually think I was going to give up music, no. But uh, obviously I was looking for for, for uh, you know, different different ways out, different things to do, whatever I mean. Then I got a call from Rory, obviously. And flew to London, and uh, Donald picked me up at the airport, and we went down to uh, Fulham, Fulham Road, and a tiny little rehearsal room, and Wilder was already in there. So we just jammed for about four hours, you know, and, and played <laughs> for four hours. It was great, you know. Went for a, a logger shandy afterwards and and then uh Donald took me back to the airport and that was it. I didn't hear anything for about <laughs> three weeks. And then we got another call from Rory he said, hey, "Jerry, do you fancy coming over and making an album? <laughs> it's yeah. pretty,
0: it's, some, it's pretty exciting, like to get asked to do something like that. Were you at the time, do you remember like how you felt? Like, oh, it's Rory Gallagher, or we kinda of just took it in your stride, as you do, often do when you're at that age, like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Rory sort of kept, you know, kept the uh, kept his cards close to his chest. He kept everything, you know. I don't think he wanted to make a big deal about anything, you know, because of what had happened before, you know. So I think he he wanted just to be cool about it, you know. I'll come over. Let's let's get together and and, and but that that was Rory's vibe anyway. He, he was he was always like that, you know, pretty loose about things like and that. And you have
0: you a know? good uh, any abiding memories mm-hmm. of that first album? Like, the, was it all live, like on the floor kind of? Yeah,
1: I mean, it was great. Yeah, I mean, we, we recorded in um, Advision Studios. I think on the boards was recorded in Advision. I'm not 100% certain. Um, uh, the engineer Eddie offered fantastic engineer. I think he'd worked with Yes before that and, 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 and some different bands. But it was it was it was like a it was like a day job because we, we we'd go into the studio at 10 o'clock in the morning and we finish at uh, you know five o'clock six o'clock at night you know with a break for lunch so i i quite enjoyed that you know that sense of uh and plus it was sort of spring you know we were in march but this i think it was the end of february march or something i'm not 100 certain when the album was recorded so it was spring in london it was it was lovely you know going to the studio we'd get in the tube and you know the studio and and, and there for about uh, you know 10 days two weeks to doing the doing all the backing tracks for, for, for the album Do you like studio work, or do
0: you prefer like the live, or they're both different beasts? I know, like yeah,
1: they are different beasts. I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy the studio studio work. I enjoy the development of being in the studio, you know, and and seeing things, you know, working and and adding to things, and so on and so on. I mean, the live thing's a different thing altogether because in the studio you have Mm. time to think. A live stage, you you don't sometimes have a lot of time to think, you know, especially playing with (laughs) something like Glory didn't have a lot of time to think just went wow here we go yeah i mean yeah i mean i i enjoy it i mean i'm i'm here at the moment you know it's because of lockdown you know we are all stuck in you know and and uh, thank god i've got a little studio here i can i can record on you know and what kind and, of a and, setup uh, have you at home
0: yeah. pro tools that kind of thing or yeah it's
1: very very simple it's very very basic. you know it's just uh you know I have a bit of a QBS here and some pro tools. There. That
0: is one advantage as bass players. It that a DI signal is good enough for an album if you get a good DI box, like. Absolutely, absolutely. But am I am I right it saying is. you did two Rory. albums in the first year with Rory? Did you do? Did you record two in one in one year? Like when you started, very close together. That's
1: right. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, the the first one and then juice. In fact. Did we do three? Was it live in Europe right,
0: in yeah, 71 as well? Cool. Let me, I can check. <laughs> With the, the wonders of the internet, I can check. No, that was 72 you got that out. Yeah, yeah.
1: 72. Yeah. Was it recorded in 72? Probably recorded, recorded in 71. Well,
0: yeah, so it, it's safe to say that you, you went hard out from day one yeah. of joining the band. Like you were touring, recording. Oh, it
1: was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Juice was, it was recorded. I mean, obviously later in the year in 71. Uh, and we were actually recording that as we were touring, so we were coming back from gigs, and, and this, this was in England, uh, you know, we'd be in Leicester and drive back and straight str- into the studio, in the, the four or five in the morning, you know. Uh, so that, that, that was a strange one, but but uh, but also Rory wanted that sort of live feel for for Juice, because the first Rory album, the Rory Gallagher you know album with a black cover, and that that was quite quite produced you know, and, and Rory wanted this raw thing, you know, and I suppose coming straight from gigs, you still got that adrenaline. You've been on stage yeah. for two and a half, three hours, whatever. So you go in the studio and you, you still have that sort mm. of thing pumping through you, you know? So, um, and, and and that's the way Juice turned out. I mean, it was rough and ready, you know, but a lot of people, you know, yeah. like it because of that rough and readiness, you know? Well, it's yeah, well, polished, Rory's you know?
0: most popular albums are the live ones. Like the band were on fire for the 74 Irish tour. Like it's, it's a great album.
1: Yeah, it was a good album, yeah, it was good. and you were kind of bashing mm-hmm.
0: out songs uh, backstage a bit. You were in, you were writing in the book about you and Rory. Might like he'd have a new idea, and you'd help him kind of work it out.
1: Yeah. Well, I did, we always did that, before, you know, before a show because we'd always have an amplifier, a little amplifier practice amp in, in the in the room, and we just sit down and and Rory would mess up with some ideas, and you know, I'd play along with it. Whatever you know, it was like just warming up, you know, before the key, you know, but sometimes things come and out. Did you them, notice
0: you know? kind of an evolution in your bass playing as the time went on? Like, I know myself, I play in a three piece, and then my bass playing kind of evolved to be like a three piece bass player, which is kind of different role to fill than being in a bigger band.
1: It is, it is.
0: <clears throat>
1: well, you've got more spaces to fill to start with, you know, and obviously, I mean, uh, you know, think of the three piece, you know. The, when, when 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 the guitar player is singing and, and playing rit- rhythm, when he goes into a solo, then there's no rhythm to the back. It's only the, yeah. the the bass and drums. So you so you have to you have you have to be fairly inventive around that, you know, backing up the solo, the, the guitarist solo. Yes. You know, and it, you know it's, it's it's you know you know yourself. I mean, as a bass player, you mean, you, you sort of devise little things in your head and, and you try them out and then, and, then, and 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 you know on the spot and on, at the moment things happen that are that are very interesting and and, and those things that happen mean rory would pick up and something if i did something or if he did something i'd pick up on his what he did and he'd pick up what i did so it was like an adventure you know you know, it was, you know i think it was that's fun. the cool
0: thing about a three piece so say if you had another guitar player you yourself and the lead singer or guitarist could be going off in a direction but the rhythm guitarist might be looking at some bird at the back of the crowd And he won't come with you like, but in a three piece, you really sink in, Mm -hmm. and nearly 100% of the time, I find you all go together. And that's the lovely thing about it. You can take risks because you're most of the time the guys with you will come with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's easier to read because there's only three, there's only three, uh, three brains working at, at the same time, you know. As opposed to like a like a Bruce Springsteen situation where he's got like yeah, you know,
0: thirty. Yeah, be a car crash <laughs> if if, one of, if
1: the if they got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it goes wrong, it could be, <laughs> could be disastrous. Yeah, but obviously he he he's got his finger pretty well on the uh, on the, on the pulse as far <laughs> yeah. as that's concerned. Definitely, and you, you're well.
0: a pick player primarily, really, aren't you? Like that's.
1: That... Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was. Um, you know, it, with Rory, I mean, it, it, if there's a slow song, I might I might use my fingers, you know. Because uh, when I started playing bass, I, I started playing bass with, uh, with my fingers because I thought that's what you had to do. Because you know, just watching the guys, you know, in Belfast and some of the you know the beat bands in Belfast, and them watching, bass player always used his fingers. But then, it, you know, with Rory, I, mean, I, I I just couldn't get my fingers going fast enough for for a lot of this stuff, and so I ended up using the pick, you know. And then afterwards, you know, when when I when I left Rory when I, I joined another band called Nine Below Zero, and I reverted back to my fingers again, you know uh Just for the sound, or just just, yeah. just just for a change, you
0: know. I mean, just the, you know. And um you did Nine below zero. You went for a good few years in that band, and you released a lot of albums as well. Like it was another busy project.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. It was twenty years. but we were twenty years with them. <laughs> You've well. been on the road for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, nine below. I, I, I don't know. Nine.
1: Eight or nine albums, I think.
0: Uh, the, the and how of, do you yeah. find touring after all these that forty years with those two bands touring? Do you still have the the growl, like for getting out on the road tour? And uh, you've had a lot of downtime now, like for the first time probably yeah. in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as it's yeah. reasonably comfortable to tour, you know, because obviously, I mean, <laughs> don't get any younger. So, um, I mean I I enjoy I enjoy the shows. I enjoy playing, you know, playing with the band. I enjoy you know watching the people's reaction and, you know whether it be good or bad it doesn't matter you know but it's just that i enjoy doing doing what i'm doing you know and I, i've been very lucky you know to, to uh to have done this you know for what, for 50 years now with, you know i don't realize to say that <laughs> I, well <years. laughs> yeah i think you're a lot
0: like a lot of a lot of us we never would have taken eight months off from gigs so this has been a good period to kind of just think about where we're at and what we're doing at ne- what we'll do next
1: it is it is it's it's uh and i'm afraid uh one's no. gonna help us either uh, by 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 ways of government or, or whatever you know i mean uh, you know it's just, it's a shame you know because i mean i mean the revenue that uh that live music brings into uh individual companies Huge, yeah. massive uh, the governments could, could wake up and realize that you know i mean it, i don't know who somebody in the british government i forget the minister for i don't i forget it was said that artists should uh, retrain yeah, yeah. and do something else. I mean, what the hell? Know, <laughs> it up?
0: just shows how out of touch they are, yeah. you know, that I they mean, would even think to say something like that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, art, art isn't just like a a, sense, a thing you train at. I mean, it's, it's a vocation as well. You know, I mean, it's it's something that's that's yeah, It's in your blood. It's it's in your heart. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, retrain. You should be yeah. trained
0: as a politician. <laughs> and fired the PR team who came up with the poster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah well i was interested in your your gear over the year like you you've always had like a big stack kind of a an ampeg stack so that was your main your base
1: yeah the, the old svt um if by tell that's that's my favorite i mean in the early days with rory i was using a german equipment called stramp which was made in uh, in hamburg in germany but an old friend of ours being a and then over the years, I mean, I used Marshall, I used oh, so many different things, you know. But uh, but the, the Ampeg to me is 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 the the work of man's the, the working bass players amplifier. I, I really think it's 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 the best. Saying that, um I've used um uh what's it called?
0: Aguilar Aguilar.
1: Aguilar. Yeah. Uh I used them at a festival. In fact, I used them in Ireland in and Ballyshannon at the, the Rory Festival, and I was knocked out.
0: Yeah, I, I actually used um, one, and I didn't like it. And then Jave and Christy nice. in the band said, "Geez, you never sound as good as you sounded tonight." I was like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I I
1: also think that they're a fabulous setup. They really are. Yeah, I mean, very that, that, nice. That, you know, they're uh, and it, it sort of suits my suits my plan as well. You know, the the uh, it was a, two uh, two by two cabins. two two by ten two by ten and i forget what amplifier it's like a 500 watt amplifier or something you know but massive sound absolutely mm.
0: fantastic yeah i like to use the fridge myself at a festival no the the eight by ten but god yeah. i'd never buy one and i never car i'd never move one around oh well, that's the problem <laughs>
1: that's, that's the, the problem is that you know transporting something like that you know that's why that's why harmonica players are lucky
0: <laughs> but it's hard to find a, a really good harmonica player like a lot of people own a harmonica but people who are actually good at really good on it are few and far between indeed but uh, and bass wise you've um you've tried a few things i was just going through like pictures of you from tour and you've had like thunderbirds and stingrays and stingrays with nine below zero actually wasn't it that yeah yeah yeah
1: i had a couple stingrays. i've still got a stingray actually that, uh, that i quite like actually um, But my favourite is so, still so, so the, uh, the P bass, you know, precision. You know, I've got a couple of those that I use, to use live. And I've got an old uh, Silvertone Rory and I went out in, I think it was in Milwaukee in, in the States and went to this pawn shop. And we both bought Silvertones. It was a Silvertone bass and a Silvertone. Oh, cool. It's yeah. Yeah, it was really cool, yeah. I, I, I still use it. I mean, I use it here when I'm recording, actually. Because it's, it's a, it's a, the old, old one with the uh, lipstick uh, pickup. Mm. So it's just, just one sound out of it.
0: It's kind of more tumpy, kind of a Hoffner it is, of Yeah, sound. yeah. It's, it's
1: like a real sort of Paul McCartney sound, yeah. you
0: know. I like that sound, but it only fits a, a very few songs. Like when you're. It does
1: recording. absolutely. It does.
0: Yeah. I think I played your main um telly once you were up in Warren Point, kind of showing off some like some was showing some equipment. Oh right, yeah. Oh, was that you? <laughs> <laughs> I was the one who dropped it no I didn't <laughs> but um, it has a bit of a story you were saying is that it was the guy who recorded the bass on Paul McCartney or John Lennon's David uh,
1: he, he, he was the bass player with Elephant's Memory yeah. mm. and he played with it's a guy called John Paris and he, he played with uh, uh, Johnny Winter as well he played bass and guitar with Johnny Winter funny enough um, he's, he's quite a well known uh, character you know a bass player, yeah, and and I met him in somewhere in the states, and he was selling the guitar because he was the bass because he was going he was going to start playing guitar, you know, he'd given up on bass. So it's very to me, which is great, you know. It's actually it's not telling, it's, it's actually a precision it's an original precision. Okay. But it has the telly it has the telly shape.
0: Yeah, the telly shape, yeah. Mm-hmm. But That's it has cool. it has
1: the cutaway like a precision, you know. It's a fifty
0: fifty four, I think of it is. Yeah, that's nice. That's <laughs> that was a nice one to get. It had fr- it was fretless. You were saying when I met you. It was
1: fretless. Yeah, when I, when I got it up, and it was fretless. And then I got I got uh, guys to, to put some frets in. And, and,
0: Have you ever dabbled in the fretless sound just to see what it was like?
1: I've got one of them as well. I've got a fretless here, but it's it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, it's it's uh, but it's not rock and roll. No, no, it's not. You know, it's it's lovely sound. Absolutely. You know, for for certain things when you're recording certain things, it's nice. You know. It's,
0: yeah, Jack yeah. Bruce was mad for it. Uh, later in his career, he he got like a like a hundred year old double bass, a French one, and he got someone to take the neck out of the double bass and trim it down and put it on an electric body, and that was Whoa. his fretless for most Whoa. of his career after Cream. Like, is that right? Yeah, That's a <laughs> absolutely oh. savage. I uh, think. But I'd say there'd be a few double bass players crying when they see someone do that. Like, don't, <laughs> 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 don't mangle it. <laughs>
1: Say, so. Yeah.
0: you never might you never tried out the bit of double bass i have one here but i'm i'm no good on it i, I gave it a go I, like, I, I,
1: in, in restaurants after after a few pints it's it's been known i'm <laughs> playing a bit of double bass with uh, lou martin on piano oh really yeah, Back in the day. yeah any yeah. recordings of that that we can
0: <laughs> no no
1: definitely not
0: yeah lou is definitely a legend uh, of a piano player in fairness brilliant
1: he was great. He was great. He was great. He was a great character as well. Very knowledgeable yeah. man as well about his music, you know.
0: He was he on the U.S. tours you did with with Rush and oh, all yeah,
1: that. yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, uh, '73 onwards, uh, yeah, we we, we toured. Uh, oh, we toured America a lot between '73 and '78 when uh, Rory changed the band. Uh, we did a lot of tours in America with uh, that four-piece band with Rod Death and Lou Martin and James mm. you know, Rory um yeah we've uh, played with deep purple the faces what am I so many
0: and rush supported you didn't for like a good leg of a tour like they
1: did they, they uh the first tour they did uh, of the states because they were from canada as you know um they supported uh rory yeah and they remembered how how you know how well they were treated by rory and the band you know and hence in later years in the 80s they uh they asked rory to come and support. They on, on their uh, massive American tour. I think it was mm. the biggest selling American tour of 82, I think it was. I'm sure it was 82.
0: Stadium tour, was it? Oh, it was
1: massive stadium tour. Really? Absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. It was, it was crazy. They, 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 they were so big at that stage. You know?
0: That's, are you using your own setup or was get using Getty, Getty's amp? No, we had our own. Had he doesn't own use amps anymore, actually. He just he has like um, washing machines on the stage with T-shirts in them. And he just uses in-ears. That- it doesn't, use, and, yeah. <laughs> 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 the washing machines don't add that into the tone, like. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, a good, 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 good bunch of guys. Yeah, I think they're well as a as a rock and roll band. They're kind of similar to to yourself and Rory. Like they're they're kind of you know they're reserved and they're they're respectful, like fellas. They're not the kind of guys to trash a hotel room and throw things out a window. So you probably no. clicked in mm-hmm. that way. No, no, not like us. Not like, <laughs> well, I, I heard, I read, uh, I saw Geddy was talking about their first tour with Kiss and um, Kiss were like going off, doing what they do, you know, rock and roll shenanigans. And then they kicked in the door and Neil Peart and Getty and the lads were reading a book in the hotel room. They're like, <laughs> lads, it's time to go mad, rock and roll. They're like, well, we're reading our books somewhere. <laughs> we're happy out. <laughs> no, they, they were fairly, yeah,
1: they are fairly, I mean, on days off, they go and play tennis.
0: <laughs> you know what yeah. it, it, it holds them now because the two lads who are still alive uh, rest in peace Neil Pert, unfortunately passed yeah, away two years maybe. ago but uh, they're sure. still healthy you know you have to look uh, after yourself
1: you know in this game it's a tough game
0: it is, it is. The, the chips and burgers you can't live on them for far, 50 it, years you if you I'm were kidding. eating chips and burgers for 50 years on tour they were,
1: great the, they were great at the time
0: yeah yeah the grease on the fi- fingers might speed you up you never know
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> and uh are there any rory albums that like it would be a, f- a favorite of yours i think you said that you like live in europe best of the live albums that you think the band um, were really popping
1: yeah it, it was, and it was very fresh um the live in europe albums i mean the irish tier good as well i mean don't get me wrong but uh, there's something about live in europe that's, that's very fresh and it's funny, because when I look at it now, there's only like five tracks on the whole album. Five or six <laughs> tracks. God almighty, that's right. I've forgotten how long the songs were <laughs> as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the sound on that album as well. Uh, the Senate, I mean, Irish Theory 74 and Stage Struck the both great albums, you know, with different musicians on it, you know. I mean, it's you know, you know. it's it's hard to to sort of to say you know which album i like that album or people ask me sometimes what's your favorite album so it's so difficult to uh, Mm. live albums are nice
0: though aren't they like because you can well obviously you're playing you you listen to a live album of yourself playing and you'll be thinking i don't remember playing anything like that or you could be in you could be surprised by what you'd hear yourself do (laughs) on a live album
1: and you can you can you can bite your fingernails as well when you listen to it like oh my god (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I, I hear like a few that.
0: clank, a few clankers sometimes. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely! You know, you know, and the, but the thing of I mean, it, because Rory would do that. I mean, it, even if it was a, a mistake, even on on recordings, if the feel was there, I mean, Rory would use that, even if, if, with a mistake. You know, that's that's you know, because it's very important to get the feel. You know, and that's why I think there's a certain feel on the, on live in Europe, even though I mean, you know, with will you can hear that the band speeding up. But I think that adds the, the, to the excitement, you know, I mean, I mean, the famous thing about playing with the drummer is a rock and roll drummer said, you speed up as much as you want, but never slow down, you know, and uh, I mean, you listen to like London, man, it starts a certain tempo and you get to the end of it and you go, my God, you know, <laughs> you really you're wrecked by the, the end tempo. of
0: it. <laughs> but that, but
1: that, 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 that was the vibrancy of, 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 of the thing that, that that's 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 what it was all about, you know, that was. You know? That, that was the,
0: the vibe at the time and you're in band of friends now with um brendan who if we go, way back to the start of the chat was in That's the right. belfast right back, with you.
1: right back to pride yeah indeed yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah Yeah, i started off the band of friends just
0: open the window there it's roasting <laughs> somehow yeah. it got warm in ireland
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got at it. yeah band of friends that, that was a i think i, I started about 2000 i can't remember 2011, 2000, 2012. I think we kicked off, yeah. Because um, I moved to France in 2007, and um, I I got me old uh, record player out of storage and started listening to all the uh, all the albums again, vinyl, you know, which I still do, which is great. And uh, you forget how, because I listened to CDs for years, and then when when you get back into vinyl again, you realize the difference in the sound is is, is, is mighty. Yeah, the, the sound from vinyl, it, it, the CDs just kind compare with it at all you know but obviously a lot of those uh, albums were rory albums that i played on and I'd, i listened to the songs and went wow these great songs i'd be great to get uh get a, put a band together and uh and, and play the songs you know to, to people you know and I, I spoke to ted ted mckenna who sadly we lost uh yeah i remember yeah this year uh and he was in, in scotland he was teaching at the university or something he was lecturing at the university so he was well up for it, you know, to to go out in the road. And, and then, young guy from uh, from the Netherlands, from Amsterdam, Marcel Scherpenzels, who who I I'd, I'd met a couple of years previous, played with him. And we got it together, and we went out in the road, and and, and it, it's it's gone great for a bunch of years, you know. And then after Ted left, it it, it sort of mm, I I wasn't too sure if I wanted to keep on going, you know. And uh, I thought maybe just take a different direction. And then Marcel, he he, he went off and. He's got his own band now, so he's playing with his own band. So I put a completely new band together. And Brenton was the obvious choice because, you know, because of his history with Rory. And I got two uh, two guys, a young German guy called Stefan Graf on guitar and and uh, Paul Rose, fantastic guitar player from uh, Newcastle in England. And um, we managed to get eight shows in on our 46 day tour of uh, <laughs> Germany, Switzerland, and Austria in March of this year. Before everything went. Psh.
0: Yeah, that was, I was on tour in Spain at the same time and it was nail biting, wasn't it? You were like checking the phone yeah. constantly. How many shows yeah. will we get? When are, we going to, when are they going to pull the plug? I like?
1: know, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And that was, a, was the 12th of March, I think the 13th of March. That was it. Everybody back home. We, we've done one show since that, which was in Italy. Uh, we, we did a festival at the beginning of August. Which went great. It, it went really well uh obviously the the audience were cut down was 1800 people cut down to 250 people whatever it was you know but but it went went really well of course everything's been rescheduled from from this year to next year next year and we had some shows in 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 ireland actually In march there they've been rescheduled now to november next year so it's it's all
0: yeah, same everywhere. But it's feeling good, is it to know with with two people in four piece now instead of a three piece.
1: It is. It is. It, it's. It's something I always fancy doing anyway. You know, because even uh, Rory, when um, after Ted left, Brenton came on board with a uh, with the Rory Gallagher band, and Rory fancied having a rhythm guitar player, and we did. I did actually try out a couple of guys. But
0: I can't um, imagine rory Gallagher with a rhythm guitarist in the band just i know And it it's just something
1: you fancy we went to see um ted joined uh msg the michael shanker group and ted invited rory and i to uh, hammersmith audience where he was doing a show and shanker had uh, uh american guy uh play with ted Nugent. i forget his name
0: Sense uh, somebody something someone me, will comment below anyway and tell us.
1: Yeah, in, so. But he was a fantastic rhythm player. And and there's, there's certain guys who can just play rhythm. Yeah. You know, and it's just just skill. lock in. It's like uh, you know, Angus Young's brother. Yeah. You know, an A C D C he is fantastic. He just locked in and just played rhythm. No solos, just rhythm. Yeah. and really love that vibe, you know. He loved that whole vibe. And then we got we tried a couple of guys out, uh, an old friend of mine, Tommy Willis, who's sadly passed away as well. He we played in my band. I used to have a band you know, when, when we had downtime with Rory. And Tommy Tommy also played lap steel as well and, and rehearsed in, in, in London. And uh, another guy uh, from a band called Stretch uh, came in and, and and tried it out as well. but it didn't happen. So, yeah, so it's just an idea me. Rory had.
0: He was thinking about it. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, you know,
0: it's like every musician, you know, it,
1: it, you try and create something. You try and try and do something different. You know, I mean, bringing the keyboard in uh, you know, after Rory been on a three piece for t- so many years. You know, first of all the taste, both T.S. Taste, taste, Mark one, Mark two, and then the Rory Gallagher band. You know, with myself and Wilger, uh, and then bringing a the piano player in. So it, it's just you know, it's experimentation. You know, you you want to see where you can go with, with certain yeah. things. You know,
0: and you have to keep that's... growing, like or else you kind of you get bored with it yourself, like. Absolutely. Yeah. He plays then, sax as well, like Rory. Like, was there he, any he, thought he, of him bringing it into the Rory band?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but he, he did on 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 records. He, yeah, he heard did it a, on the a, records. Good, but, but he was a fine player, you know.
0: He was he was a very underrated sax player. But uh, I've you know? seen um, Band of Friends with I've seen both with Marcel, and I actually saw you with Davy Knowles in the Harvest Time Blues Fest. Then. Oh, Roger! Right, yeah. You were. Cla- I thought it was brilliant with Davy. Like he brought something. Different to it, like he, he has his own twist on the songs. Like,
1: he, he does, he does, yeah. Oh, Davey's, Davey's great, I mean, Marcel's great as well, you know. Oh, Marcel, yeah, T- totally. He's, like, he's well, I've seen
0: both, uh, he's great too, obviously. But you're with Dave Davies in the band now, and I really enjoyed the set with him. And yeah,
1: when well, well, when we were doing the American tours, I mean, yeah. it, it's with Davey you know, for, for the obvious reason, you know, because it's uh. It's easier to get over there, like, and with two guys instead of four guys, you know. Oh, the bureaucracy um, of
0: getting I, over there is crazy, right?
1: <laughs> oh, it's mad! It's, it's madness. You know, mm. it's, we, we should have been there in, that, in September. Just gone, you know, that was all cancelled as well. And hopefully that'll happen next year. Yeah, but that, no, but David's great. He really is good. He, he's a fan guitar player, and and, and he he takes it all, but it's very serious, you know. But um, and he's he's, he's also got a great voice. Davey. Yeah, he, good singer. You know, yeah, he's 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 a talent, definitely a talent. He's a, he's a good songwriter as well, really good songwriter. In fact, I so hoping to to uh, do some stuff together. A song, our songwriting at the moment together, but uh, brilliant. to try and get it out somehow. Try so and you might it. get
0: it as a band of friends record or just something with you and Davey. Uh, no, a you... band of friends record. That'd be brilliant. That'd be class.
1: Incorporating every incorporating everybody, Davey, myself, Brandon, uh, you know, Paul Rose, David, Stephen Graff, and whoever else might you want to join in. <laughs>
0: that's deadly that's really good is, yeah. well, that's exciting yeah. that you're working on that record like that's cool like, yeah yeah
1: here's hoping
0: here's hoping for rory fest because uh, i i love rory fest it's like my favorite weekend of the whole year it's just you can't describe it uh, anyone who's into rory's music or that rock and blues just has to go there to valley that's great yeah, yeah
1: yeah they've done a great job over there they really have done you know well hopefully we'll hopefully next
0: year We'll see we'll, what happens. We'll just see, like, what happens. That's great, though. I'm excited about the the original, the new album with Davey. That sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did, we're in the process of writing, but obviously, we're writing, you know, five thousand miles away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works, you know, because you have the internet. You know, like, I mean, you know, you can just we transfer anything over, and I'll transfer the stuff to him, and and the same with the guys, you know. Doing bits and pieces to the guys as well. You know, you know,
0: Technology production. can be a bit of a head wrecker sometimes when it computers can, are crashing and all this. Like, I oh,
1: don't know, But but thank, thank heavens we have it for the moment, you know. Yeah. It's what's going on, you know.
0: Yeah, you'd be Zoomed out sometimes. I, I was on Zoom all morning, so I had to go walk you know, the dog. You, be, you can be. You can be. A... I put up a, a picture earlier. You might get a laugh out of this. No no one guessed right anyway. Uh, I put a picture of your, your pants from a picture but i only showed the pants and i said i'm interviewing this bass player today where is the? <laughs> no right answers anyway they were <laughs> good they thought, it, thought it was bootsy collins or something <laughs> i've still got those trousers really she's their class <laughs> all right so and thanks for a lot jerry So myself, Rory and Wilgar began to rehearse in the Fulham Palace Road at the same basement studio where we had first played together. To begin with, Rory sat us down and went through the new songs he had written for the album, singing them to us and accompanying himself on guitar. I can still remember how excited I felt when I first heard them. The song sounded great, even in such a raw form. Wilgar and I then set about learning them. Rory would just start playing a song. Sometimes he'd tell me what key it was in. Other times, we'd just work it out, and join in once we started to pick it up. Sometimes, if he wasn't quite happy, he'd stop us mid-song and tell us the sort of thing he was looking for. But more often than not, he'd just let us do our own thing. Once we'd got the hang of the songs, the rehearsals became much more intense. We'd play for 2 or 3 hours as if it was a live show, usually from 6 in the evening until about 9. By the end of each session, we'd be exhausted, bathed in sweat and we'd head to the pub for a couple of beers twined down. It was my first real taste of the sort of intensity that Rory's always demanded, but I loved every second of it. We rehearsed like that for a week and that was it. We had the weekend off and were told to report to the studio the following Monday morning to start cutting the first Rory Gallagher album. For someone who'd never really been near a proper studio, it was a baptism of fire. The album was recorded at At Vision Studios near London's Euston station in the spring of 1971. Wilgar and I caught the train up from Stratum each day and I can remember walking with him to Euston station to the studio at around 9.30 on the first morning. It was an absolutely beautiful day and I just felt so lucky. Here I was doing exactly what I wanted to do since I was a young boy. I was only 19 playing this great music in this terrific band in one of the biggest studios in London with none other than Eddie Offord who had worked with Taste and on the boards at the controls of AdVision's recently installed 24-track desk. The sun was shining, the sky was blue and everything was good with the world. So that's an excerpt from Jerry's book Riding Shotgun. 35 years on the road with Roy Galler and Nine Below Zero. The book is currently out of print but there will be a new edition out soon so keep an eye on Jerry's pages for that.